Hey, what's up, missionaries? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bad Tribble. Just letting you know that we had to call an audible, Vince and I. So this week, we will not be bringing you our review of Jumping Jack Flash. That will actually come in two weeks after the holidays. But right now, enjoy this very special New York City edition of the Michaud Mission as we sit down with Clarissa Clay of Blurred City Con and review The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to you from the lovely city of New York. New York. So beautiful, they named it twice. Is that why they named it twice? I don't know. Just, I thought, I thought they just goes. stuttered. Uh. <laughs> but... <laughs> We are here. You you can laugh on Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on the Isle of Manhattan. Yes, we are. Yeah. You made sure to hit that Manhattan. That's, well, you know, I always <laughs> I'm always thinking about a reason to think about West Side Story. That's right. That's right. Hey. I was riff, so I know about West yes, Side Story. Yes, I know you too. <laughs> um yes, we are coming to you from New York. Ladies and gentlemen, and we are reviewing today The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yes, yes. And this movie was brought to the Michelle Mission today by the founder and creative director of New York City's very own Blurred City Con. Yes. Clarissa Clay. Yes. Yup, yup, yup. I'm in the house. Hey. One of my favorite new movies yeah oh my god this is a gorgeous film oh okay. yes it oh, is a yeah. gorgeous film oh yeah shot well um story okay fantastic easy 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 rewind rewind calm down calm down calm down clarissa <laughs> <laughs> she really likes this movie she yes, she's like oh my god it's yes. about time right yes. <laughs> but first let's meet Ms. Clay. Yeah. Chris, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing all right. Yeah. I'm doing all right. I'm feeling good. Yesterday was cold, but this feels a little bit warmer, so I'm a lot This better. is warmer because the hawk is out. What? Yes. The hawk is really, what, upstate New York, it snowed, and somewhere else, like Denver was a minus four degree. Yeah. It's okay. like, I would move, as soon as they said it was going past zero, I'm like, okay, it's time to leave Denver for me. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's too cold. Minus four? What? Okay, what I hear you. What minus four day? Relatively speaking, yes, if you're going to go there. Right. But whatever. Um, Clarissa, I know you from Blurred City Con. Right. Which has been going on, I think it's been going on for three years now? Yes. Yes. yes three years. Fourth year next year. Fantastic convention, Thank too. Thank you. We love, yeah. We love Blurred City Con. And I, and I really appreciate your whole vision of exactly what you want Blurred City Con to be so that it stands out from all the other nerd or blurred conventions that are out there. But before we go there, I wanted to touch on a little bit of your history. Where, where did you come into your blurredness? 
blurredness has been since I was little. So yeah. it never has gone away. You just kind of find a word <clears throat> for it. And you're wondering why your friends look the way they do at you or say the things that they say about you. And then you find this word like, oh, you're um, either they'll call you smart, uh, you speak articulate, uh, mm-hmm. you know how to speak. To white people, like I've had friends say that, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, like I just like being universal, <clears throat> but they took it a, a different way. And my nerdiness started very young. Um, Were my, you raised nerdy? I was raised nerdy. Yeah. Um, my um, father introduced Star Trek, so nice, <laughs> to me, nice. My um, TNG or TOS. TMG or TOS, the, the next generation or the original series? Original, original series. Thank you. I didn't know that breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Now all these acronyms. Like what? Everybody's what? got an like, acronym. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, okay, Kirk. Okay. <laughs> right, right. The one with Spock. Kirk. Yeah. Spock. <laughs> okay. Uh, Scotty. That's what I'm talking about. Um, yes. Um, introduced me to Star Trek when I was mm-hmm. younger. My aunt and uncle also um, introduced me to Star Trek and Star Wars because either house you would go to um you had to watch star trek and then it was like we had to go to the star wars movies mm-hmm. and please do, uh, i had a friend that told me in order of the star wars i said the other ones don't count i meant the first one that was produced that's what i'm talking about there you <laughs> don't go. give me like no prequel sequel right, and right, all that right. stuff that's no. right now no. right. three star wars films <laughs> yes and then there's some other stuff Exactly. Yeah, that that happened. Well, it's some like I don't understand right. why we went there for yeah. what. <laughs> yes. But that that's you know, so my family and my uncle bought an Atari. Mm. Um like early on, my younger cousin, two cousins that I'm ra- I'm raised with, my cousin Tyrone and cousin um, Thomas, but we call him Shorty. So I okay. say Shorty. Of course. <laughs> that, of course. That's, his, that's his family name. And my family name is Clara. Now then, is he actually short? He is not short. Of course at, not. Of course not. Of he course was, not. He was the shortest thing in the house. So and then he wasn't. Then he was. But then, he's still shorty. He's still shorty. Can't can't call he's like I love black people. He's like Clarissa. Mm-hmm. Like your name, we could get Clara. But from Thomas to Shorty, we don't get those two things. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. so it's like I have to like when you like around his girlfriends, I think you know, stutter as you would say, but like uh uh Thomas. Uh Tommy. I had to say his first name versus his um family name. Oh, so he doesn't own Shorty. He no longer wants to own Shorty. No, but but you know he can't get away. He he owns it, but he owns it with family. He Only is, right, with family. Right, yeah. Got you. Yeah. You're like yo, my girl. Yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's no, Thomas. No. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's definitely the girlfriends were you know Thomas and Tommy, and it's like okay, had to go through that period. Um, but he, I got you, know. you. So my cousin Shorty learned um, programming. And me and his brother, we just played games like the old style, like like you know how gaming is like just like everybody gets shot up and mm-hmm. you follow the gun and stuff like that. Right. I can't do too violent of um, games. Okay, it's mm-hmm. just not in my nature. So I'm old school like Atari, where you literally had to punch the. It was the boxing game where you had to punch oh. in the middle, mm-hmm. the um the um the face, and it only had this like it was. What was that punch out? Was that what it was called? Something like that. It, it was just a. It was literally just the um the fist a, and a the pun- head punch face maybe. Punch, yeah. Was it, was it called punch face? <laughs> punch face. <laughs> I believe it was punch face. It's probably something like that. It was like yes. boom, 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 right. right in the face. Boom, 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 back to the face. That's what it said on the box. <laughs> boom, 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 right in the face. Punch face. 
by Atari. By Atari. By Atari. By Atari. Yeah, absolutely. Was, well, and there you go. It's like Yars Revenge, Battleship, and, and Punch Face. And Punch Face, and of punch course. Face. Punch Face. And boom, boom, would, boom, right in the face. And I would get as many quarters or how much it used to cost to go to the arcade games. Quarters, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sitting there with your stacks. Yes. That's that. That's me. Yeah, so like, your yeah. bona fides are bona fide. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So then where, where do you make the move? to wanting to have your own convention, Blurred City Con. You get tired of other people's stuff. Um, mm. I, mm. I mm. We're calling it stuff. All right, I yeah, appreciate call, that. Yeah, we just <laughs> rapid, nice way of saying the word stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that you've helped other people uh, for a very long time, and you're not progressing as mm. either artist or as an individual. Right. So you're like, okay, um, let's take something different. How about betting on yourself gotcha. instead of betting on somebody else? That's right. So I bet it on myself, and that's how the conference uh, basically started. Now, your vision for the conference, because you had been to so many other conventions, as we all have when you get into this, into this space, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of like, you know, sometimes, unfortunately... Mm-hmm. You've seen one convention, you've seen them all. And you wanted to have Blurred City have a distinct look about it. Is that correct? Yes, it does have a distinct look. And that's why the logo, it's a homage to black males. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to say, like, love you, um, appreciate you. We love you, you too. We do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and wanted to um, reconnect as saying we are family. Right. Um, and that's like the original vision to say that that's the core and probably coming with also um, politics um, with it, um, seeing like the, the stereotypes of of us mm-hmm. um, in media and wanted to have a safe space where we yeah. don't mm-hmm. have to have those stereotypes uh, where we're actually celebrating our intelligence or so many different levels. And right. that's that's the original um, vision of it to celebrate intelligence well i think it comes across I, I think when when you go there's a thoughtfulness to the programming and, and and even to the vendors thank you that you see so it's it's definitely and it's it's funny because when we talk to people we talk talk to filmmakers and talk to organizers it is a theme and, and appropriately enough mm-hmm. oscar michelle is sort of the theme of our visit this sense of i'm going to bet on myself i don't see what i want so I'll create it. Correct. So it it very much is in the tradition. Yes. So so we're 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 fans. Yes. Thank you. You know Thank we're you. fans. And that's where Oscar Michaud to know that, like to put the word Oscar Michaud, Spike Lee, and Master P in the same sentence. Right. They all did the same thing. They all like out of the trunks of their cars. I'm going to sell my film. I'm going to sell my music. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got 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 themselves to the next level of it right but the original level is that that entrepreneurship to say i'm betting on myself right very true very true Uh, also it's also true that in the stories of all of these creatives these black male creatives there have always been um legions of black women Mm -hmm. you know that have been working behind them sometimes uh, in step with them doing yes. many of the same things or helping them um, with their projects and with their movement and seeing that forward. Uh, and oh, are you it, hinting that MLK? Are you <laughs> hinting towards? Yes. Take it. your pick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. You know, and um, one of the th- one of the things 
I'm interested in is um, in these in this space where you know being a geek and being a, a nerd or a blurred or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call yourself or or a triple even mm-hmm. as it is with my other podcast. Yeah, Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> um, you. You're 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 free. You feel you feel like you know you're accepted and you're like free to be you. Yes. But one of the things that I unfortunately encountered as I talk to people mm-hmm. is that there is a level of disrespect or misogyny that mm-hmm. that happens to a lot of you know bl- black women yeah. oh, in definitely. this space. Yes. And what I have found, especially over the last few years, with the elevating of of status in geek culture with like Blurred City Con, mm-hmm. with Ariel Johnson with Amalgam Comics, with Karama, the the Blurred Girl. Yes. That you see more and more um, women out there getting their voices now finally heard, all the way up to Ava DuVernay and her reaching back and pulling so many women yes. up with her. Yes. You know what I mean? So that's why I want to take this opportunity right here on mm-hmm. the recorded airways to salute what you do because I think that I know how monumental uh, venture it was to put up Blurred City the first year uh, especially doing it down in the Dumbo district uh, here down in uh, Brooklyn yes which was like I can imagine what that was dealing with and for it to still be rocking and successful three years going very strong into its fourth year um, only speaks you know uh, highly of the energy and the force that you bring to the venture. So God bless you. Yeah, no Thank doubt. You both. Thank you yeah. so much. I so. appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. All right. Yes. But then you brought this movie, The Last yeah, Black yeah, Man. Yeah. Yes. But now it's time to do the work. Uh oh. You brought Uh-oh. the last black Uh-oh. man in San Francisco to the Michelle Mission for us to review yes. this beautiful film, as you say. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, so first, I want to ask you because this was a, a film that was released in 2019. Yes. I will drop the trip. Vince, I got it. I'm just wondering. I didn't hear. I mean, you trans you transitioned so smoothly. Yeah. It was so smoothly. Yeah. And then we were talking about the film. And I said, well, where's he going to drop the trailer? See, I'm trying uh, to do your job. Yeah. See, I'm doing your job. And you don't need to. I'm not in my lane. Please stay. I swerved out of my lane. Yes, Rewind. you did. When I should have stayed in my lane. Boop, boop, mm-hmm. That's Back my up. bad. Boop, yes. Boop, okay. Boop. Well, now... <laughs> I had it all planned. You had it all planned. And now, Lynn plans, Vince laughs. Hate the last black man in San Francisco. <laughs> totally jacked up my transition. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. canals in the San Francisco they never knew existed. This is our home. You two stick together. I always come back to the old house. 
What if it's empty? What if we just peeked inside? We could throw parties. You could put on one of your plays. We could yell. It is this house, our house. That's not your old house, and that's not your neighborhood. Hey, if you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear flowers in your hair. Maybe he's right. What if we shouldn't be here? Well, we should be here more. Some millionaire. Man in San Francisco, 2019 American drama directed and produced by Joe Talbot. Yes. His feature directorial debut based on a story and starring Jimmy Fails, Jonathan Majors, Danny Glover, Tachina Arnold, Rob Morgan, Mike Epps, and Finn Whitrock. The plot centers on the efforts of an African-American man to reclaim his childhood home, a Victorian house in the Fillmore district of San Francisco, Clarissa Clay of Blur City Con. Mm-hmm. When were you first introduced to this film, and why did you choose this film to bring to the mission? I chose this film to bring to the mission because I absolutely love this film and wanted to get more people to see it, mm-hmm. to have more of a conversation uh, around it, because I just absolutely adore this film for not being, um, for showing different images, as Blurt City is, um, we said earlier. Mm-hmm. It, it's going against stereotype, even though right. they have something in there, but they're pushing against stereotype. Right. The, the pace of the film, it's not like, aggressive film we're not in an action film we're we're being told a story and it's unfolding in front of us um a friend of mine um other filmmakers just said this is a film you need to go see Mm -hmm. i said okay let me make it my next film Mm -hmm. and i just did that i brought two friends with me and saw it and cried (laughs) yeah Yeah. we afterwards we sat um we saw it at um brooklyn um bam um brooklyn academy of music downtown brooklyn and uh, like down the block or something we just sat for a while and we had to unpack our different feelings Mm -hmm. and one of my friends um the film talks about gentrification in a different kind of a way, which I love because I never thought of the multiple levels of gentrification. Right. And that's one of the um, that's why I also love because I have a thing about, um, you know, learning more about gentrification and the history guys, of it, the history, seeing it. Um, there's a documentary and the brother's going to kill me. I can't remember the name of name of it right now, but he did a documentary um, where he did three um, countries, um, United States. He did in Bed-Stuy. Then he goes to, and you know, there's marches saying gentrification, gentrification, against gentrification. Then he goes to 
South Africa and mm. goes, gentrification, gentrification. Right, right. Then he goes to Brazil in Spanish, gentrification, gentrification. I'm like, oh my God. I'm just thinking like, okay, here in Europe, but I didn't realize it's around the world right. that gentrification is happening. So gentrification always get my um, ear um, up and this film speaks to it on multiple levels and levels that I didn't even think of. First level, yes, it's... Um, his family did own the house at one time, his father, and that his father um, is from um, Vietnam War. I'm like, uh, you a child of a Vietnam War um, veteran. You're supposed to get, be able to get a loan. Right. <laughs> and a loan that is um, at a cheaper um, rate. Right. That's but, right. But what a lot of times they don't tell us, because, I mean, also having a family member, my uncle, Ernest Lee, who passed away a few years ago, was in the Vietnam War. He still had shrapnel in his body. And as a family member that lived through him trying to get 100%. 100% um, benefits. Right. And that didn't happen to like the last maybe like 10 years of his life versus a white male that I met and a few other white males that they got their 100% as soon as they got, a, got, got yeah. out of the war. Yeah. And it's like mm -hmm. that disparity, What that's another way of um, robbing wealth. Yep. And I was like, so that's why it goes many different levels for right. me. And then the gentrification where he goes into the house and he's like, he um, is a um, white couple that owns it. And then you're like, okay, a, a male and a female um, couple. They own the house. You're thinking that they own the house. And then they don't own the house. Her mother owned the house. And when the mother passed away. Right. The sister and her or the estate doesn't say that she gets the house. So right. she got to get kicked out the house. And I was like, what? I didn't even think that this movie would go that way. That's like a totally different yeah. Oh, yeah. level of thinking because you're you're um, told that a lot of couples or particularly white couples get their monies from their parents. Mm -hmm. And that that's how they get their down payments for, sure. for their house or um, to be purchased in Bed-Stuy and whatever um, area that you would like to say in in the country or something. So to hear this as another part of the story was so fascinating to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I I love I love this film. This was a film that we, we talked a little bit before. I meant to see in the theater. And and watching it on television, it's one of those films where you're like, oh, I wish I would have seen this on the big screen. Right. Because just visually. Yeah. It's, it's such a, a, a kind of a sumptuous experience. Mm -hmm. And this is a filmmaker, just from that level, Joe Talbert. Like I always say, no one shoots New York mm -hmm. like New Yorkers. And I feel that way similarly about a city like San Francisco, right. where you can tell this is someone who loves San Francisco right. and everything that's, and there's this wonderful line late in the film Mm. Where where some t transplants are talking about they hate San Francisco and this that, and the other, and the main character Joe says you don't get to say you hate they, San Francisco correct. unless you love San Francisco. Correct. And, and I love that line. But I there, know. there's this melancholy so. that runs through it because there's a sense from the very beginning that the San Francisco ness mm -hmm. of San Francisco is going away. Right. Yeah. 
and we're looking at it from the point of view of this black man. Mm -hmm. But I thought what was sort of fascinating is that there's also this muddiness where he talks, there are white characters periodically, older white characters that you can tell they were part of the old San Francisco. And, and, you know, there are these markers like, you know, a man is naked and, you know, right, right. He's part of But I I love these, I love a film about these cities that are actual places and how gentrification strips all of that from it. Yes. At the same time, I, I, I thought it was really interesting what you said, kind of positioning him as a son of a Vietnam vet right. and how he didn't have access to. Because the other thing that I thought was was really well done was how you have this theme of, of black people having to create their own space. Right within these stories, whether we're talking about the, the fight for this house or, and, and I'm just saying we do spoilers on this show. Spoiler. The, the fact that you find out later in the film that this family story yeah. about his grandfather building the house isn't true. Yes. But at the same time, you understand the value of this story and, and how we try and put, again, how you try and carve, you have to carve out a story because so much of the American story we're, we're left out of. Mm-hmm. That's what gave me an overall um, question that went to, um, it was, not the word superfluous, but meaning that it, Encompass is the correct word. Encompass everyone being gentrified in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciated the um, film for showing because um, in Cobble Hill is a section in um, Brooklyn. Um, when I first got there, it was like a lot of Italian, older Italian um, women I would um, bump into. And they would be like, oh, you know, we have to move. Like, what? It's like, um, yeah, our house is being um, bought, this, that. And I was like, wait a minute, this is a different view that I, not, I'm not. i used to hearing about black folks. Right, right. But and here you totally are. Totally different perspective on it. And th- th- a totally different perspective. So I was thinking of the word memory when I was looking at this. Um, how does a house have memory? Right. And mm. and it's like like it's all these levels of people that have lived in this house. We find out that his grandfather didn't make the house. So this eighteen twenty six person did um, make this house. I think it's in the eighteen hundreds. Right, late eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was a like okay. So what's your story? Like right. and then the last line or next to the last line um, uh, Tashina. Um, Arnold's characters talking to him, like basically saying, like when you die, like who has this house? Oh, San Francisco. <laughs> like, right. And I was like, wait a minute, she, that that that's true. Yeah. But then who tells the memories of that particular house? That's why we have documentaries and stuff like that. But right. the memories. You didn't capture in that film all the memories of that house. You gave us a point in time in, of the story of that particular house. Right. Which is, that's what gets erased in um, the history books and so forth. Yeah. It, the thing about this movie that like imparted to me, watching it on a television screen, I too was like you, Vince. Like, I wish I had watched it on a big screen. Primarily so because, as you mentioned, Clarissa, about how sumptuous the movie was, 
it's it's not only that it's beautiful, and thank God for that we are living in a time where there are filmmakers that know how to, you know, not only make San Francisco come alive, but make black people come alive on right. screen. So, yeah. so it, you you are just looking at these are just beautiful black faces right. and, and bodies being displayed on the screen. Um, but there also was, as leisurely paced as the film is, there was still an energy to the direction and the cinematography of the film. Um, so I want to give a shout out to the, the director, Joe Talbot, but also the cinematographer, Adam Newport Barra. There was a There was an yeah. energy and a freshness to it. Like, there were some shots that, you know, I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Just for, as just ways of just displaying everyday, you know, things. A little girl skipping up a street. Yeah. Uh, or, or kids playing in a playground, getting their, you know, their, the, the child's view of looking at another child playing in the playground. Um, it was just really very evocative and bringing me totally into that world, making it feel really immersive, like you were on the streets of San Francisco. So I really missed that experience, not watching it up on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was that that cinematography and the intelligence of the script, because right. it's not overwritten at all. There right. were no. definitely moments Correct. where people are just allowed to be, yeah. and you know, you're showing, not telling, which is the the, the earmark of a great script mm-hmm. that um, made the the whole thing feel very poetic. I just felt like I was watching a poem uh, just develop right in front of me, yes. and I was like. Wow, because and honestly, at first I was like, I was little like, okay, where am I supposed to be with this movie? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know where this movie wants me. You know, it's got me moving here, it's got me moving there, but it's got me moving. Got you moving. It's got me yeah. going there. Yeah. I mean, like even when he 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 shows up and he he got the guys out on the street and yeah. you know they're talking all you know whatever you know sounding like bulls on the street. Right. One, they're not just they're not standing on. The corner of a city. Right. They're not standing on some corner, you know, in front of some bodega. Nothing. They're just standing on the corner in front of a house, and they're just relating their relating their day. And what that gives you is a window immediately into their world. That no matter how tough they are talking, yes, they ain't out there on the real streets. Right. They ain't out there on on you know in in the heart of San Francisco. No, right. they're out here safe in front of this house to a degree talking about what's kind of like going on you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Uh, at least that's the way that it it, it came to me but it also was a a window into you know the different levels of black masculinity that was on display in this movie you know because you had Jimmy who was just kind of like this you know you know vagabond kind of like you know guy living his life carefree on a skateboard you know like i've never seen two bo- people just skateboarding together, through, d- that was together like best on the city I yeah was like, that's yeah that's, that's deep, best that's, friends that's deep best friends. I, I, I ain't that best friends with nobody <laughs> and i'm skating but i think that is part of the beauty of this film like you said like it really is along with everything about you for everything we right. just said you have this really kind of quiet and beautiful examination 
of black masculinity and manhood and what does it mean? And and you said, oh, well, he and Monty are best friends, and they're definitely best friends. But there is this unanswered question that the film just stubbornly refuses to address directly. Are, are, are they lovers? Are they? And then you get to the point where you realize by the it, it doesn't actually like, why does that matter? It, um, like they have this intimacy between them. That's what I thought was the beauty. That is so beautiful that ultimately it didn't. It, it doesn't matter for the story. Right. I thought um, the friend, uh, the best friend, Mo, was the James Baldwin um, character. Sure. There's a um, shot of him looking in the window, and there's actually a picture to the left of um, James James Baldwin. Baldwin. Mm -hmm. So I thought of him as that, and I thought that's what was the beauty of the level of their friendship, because how do you unconditionally love someone? Right. So if you unconditionally love someone, whatever comes with them, the good, bad, ugly, up, down, left, right, you unconditionally and take all that comes with them. And that's what I thought they were displaying. And then I thought it was just the position of the, um, the, basically the crew. The right, 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 the crew. And they're on the street, like, doing this masculine posturing like your yes. role, um calling you the n-word like up right. in your face you yeah, pee yeah, yeah. you right. this right. testing you one beat, another you um all these all these words and then when the um, one of them passes away and you're like okay what's how are they going to display their masculinity the boy oh well, excuse me the male cries yeah and he walks up to jimmy and you're thinking, okay, are we about to show, see a fight, like a real fight? Because, you know, they was going to fight before. Like, are they going to fight now? And it was like, and the um, the male just put his head and onto Jimmy's shoulder and yeah. start crying and embrace him like, I need a hug. Yeah. Like, hug me through this moment because I can't stand stand right now. Yeah. That's that's showing a, a another aspect of love that we don't, touch on we have to, was it because usually you're told um uh you're a a, a, a little boy man up yeah from a, right from and, and they play with boy. that a little bit it's like this yeah you're two man up you're four man up you're 10 man up I'm like this you're not a man age right <laughs> when exactly do you, when do right. you get to be you know a man and and you know you, how does how is that defined and looked and who's your model for it and all that other stuff that goes with it you, you know it's it's funny both of these themes remind me of 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 themes and subjects that Barry Jenkins mm-hmm. kind of, you know, in, in oh, yeah. yes. Moon, um, in medicine for medicine for melancholy, he kind of oh. deals with San Francisco okay. yep. and then so much of moonlight yes. is masculinity. about masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just think it's wonderful that there's this other text in really? here about it because it is, it's, it's handled so beautifully and yes. you know you talk about the, the performative element like there's actually a point in the movie where montgomery comes up to the crowd says oh you know i think you need to build this character more i need think you i know to that's do so more. such a great scene where where yeah. it's this acknowledgement that all of this is posture all yeah. of this is performance yeah it so. is it is Out. and that is also another another moment when the movie like like teases you because I think the reason why 
in your brain, you're, you've been taught from just watching media over the years to, to wonder whether or not Jimmy and Montgomery are lovers because it usually has turns played out. Turns, turns out. out to be that way. Right. Yeah. Or, or either it turns out that they are or yeah. it's explicitly said right. that they're yeah. not. Right. You know? Because as men... And certainly, as black men, we have to have this to. We gotta have to have, we, we have, have to go ahead exactly. and say exactly what this is. Exactly, but this movie, this movie, it doesn't, you know, and and it, and with the corner boys and them sometimes being threatening um, to Jimmy and Montgomery, and especially Montgomery as he's played because he's played as a more contemplative type of person, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like just observational taking things in, you know, um, and some might even say from the outside looking in, maybe even a little detached in that with them, you know, you know, barking at him that, okay, there's going to come a scene where he's going to be walking up a street Mm -hmm. and they're going to test him. Right. You know what I mean? But it never happens. Actually, what happens, even in his own quiet way, he's still in control of that situation. When he walks up to them, you know, you Part of you is like, dude, what what are you doing? They're about to beat you up. <laughs> They're about to beat you up. Bruh, <laughs> yeah. bruh. Don't do yo, that. Yo, bruh. Don't do that. But that's our stuff. Though. Exactly. Like Which Jimmy is, that's and the movie Monty, with us. Jimmy yes. and Montgomery never show. Like, no. They, like they all know each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they have this relationship. You know, there's a part towards the end where, where the one character who is coming to the house, he goes over the line a little bit. Right. Where he insults Jimmy's father. Yeah. And you can see that. And, and, and even as he's doing it, you can tell he knows I've gone a bit too far. Right. Like this is in part. But he was trying to prove his manhood. Right. Like, like yo, they suckers and we're not because I'm part of the crew. I'm down. Right. You not. He, so he had to make that, you know, demarcation. <coughs> exactly. And, and yeah. this is a person that later you find out. What We was in a group home. He was in a group home with right. um, Jimmy. Not only that, he actually stood up for Jimmy. Right. He right. fought other boys <laughs> right. for him, for him not to get beat up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing and the beautiful thing about it is that when you learn that they were in a group home together, because it is just a line. Yeah. And when you learn it, you're like, of course they were in a group home together. Right. Yes. You know, it's, it right. doesn't even come as a surprise. Right. You know, so it it just like of course. Because I didn't get. I was I was getting that I was for me I was questioning whether Mo was gay or not, mm-hmm. right? And I actually thought Mo liked not Jimmy, like the the, the guy Kofi, right? The guy Kofi, right? Because um, he he's like, oh, I invite somebody over, and that's the person that he invites over, and then he's in his dress best in his in the sauna. He's not you know exposed. Oh, that's right. He's not exposing his body. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's that's like right. looking at them like, yo, you talking to him more than I'm talking to him. Like, right. like you know, like when you're the third wheel. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, like, okay. And that actually he's... tracks if you think yeah. Bo yes. and Jimmy are just best friends. Yes. That's interesting. And that. I didn't even makes, thought of that. Because he makes the play about Kofi. And he was like, oh, I'm writing a, a play about him. And that was always in his idea, to, um, in his head, to make, to do something around Kofi. So right. I mean, he had right. a crush on And Kofi. even looking at the interaction of the corner boys, you get the sense that the other dudes read Kofi as right. gay. Because he's the one that they're continual, continuously challenging and right. yeah, saying, too. did you do this? And even at the end where the one guy says, did I push him too far? Did I right. do too much? So, right. Yeah. 
I, I, the other thing that I really, really admired about this film, now having seen it, as mm -hmm. opposed to reading about it in the press, like I love the support mm -hmm. that this film got. Like, like oh, you yeah. have you have these moments where actors like Mike Epps and, right. and Tachina Arnold and Danny Glover. I know, as a blind right, where <laughs> where you can tell they believed in this project yes. mm -hmm. and 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 sort of lent their talents to it yes. and got a chance. I mean, maybe maybe not Danny Glover because Danny Glover has had different types of roles, but it was nice to see someone like Tachina Arnold mm -hmm. and Mike Epps, who you don't ordinarily think of mm -hmm. in roles like this right. that, that that give them different shades. Yeah. Yes. And they were so good. They were. They yeah. were good. They especially were so good. It, it, like, Tachina Arnold, I've come to expect quality work from. Right. Yes. And anyway, yeah. almost like, exactly. if, if she's in it, she's bringing her A game. Right. Yes. Now. Right. Yes. Mike Not Epps. just now. She's all... Uh, oh, no, no. I mean, she's yeah. gotten opportunities Please. that yeah. she's, she's gotten older older that yes. she had to get. It's like get. almost parallel to how I feel about Regina King. It's like... The, right. The, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mike Epps, who was someone who I actually have always appreciated more as an actor than as a comedian. Right. But more often than not, you see him in like comedic roles. So he's just like, you know, just being Mike Funny. Epps. Mm -hmm. Right. This is a role where he definitely could have just been Mike Epps, but you can see him trying to be a little bit more layered mm -hmm. yes. with his performance, yes. you know? Um, and I really, really appreciated that. I I come to have a, like a more respect for the guy, actually, yeah. as an yeah. actor now, yeah. because of, especially after seeing him in this. And, you know, he, show, he showed up in Dolomite Is My Name. He showed up in Dolomite Is My Name. As did everyone. As did everyone. But that's another show. But that's another. <laughs> We're episode. not going to go there just yet. Yeah. <laughs> not just yet. Um, I I'm curious, considering that this was the directorial debut of Joe Taubin, we spoke about that. Mm -hmm. um, what were your thoughts on the lead, Jimmy Fails? Because this is ostensibly you know, kind of like his life story. Yeah. His life story. Um, and kind of like his big break in front of the screen. I thought he was so beautiful. I was like, I, um, he was attractive. Um, this quiet strength, mm -hmm. this, um, sort of this intelligence that was emanating through by the choices is like, Oh, I'll be back. And he's like, I, and he goes to, to go try to get a loan. And he's like, I will pay. He's like, yo, you can give me the highest interest that you can. I will still pay it because this is the only house that I, I want. Mm. And for him to make that kind of a decision, like like person that's just skating on a skateboard, you're mm -hmm. not thinking that they had any thoughts or any have acquired any knowledge about what's happening with real estate. And right. he did. <laughs> well, a little bit. Right, yeah. right. He didn't know a whole lot. Right. No, he didn't know a whole lot. Like right. to get, where to get the, I guess, what the junk um um a mortgage. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. But uh, or go use his father's um um vet um veterans purple. benefits. Yeah. yeah. But I thought I actually did um, appreciate him. I thought that he, like you said, he had like an intelligence. He had a quiet strength. He he was vulnerable. Yes. Um, yeah. In the film as well. Um, actually thought that he, this was quite a showing for someone 
who is pretty much on screen from the beginning, beginning of the to movie. the end. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm, he carried I'm, it. I'm curious to see him in something, something else. else because I think, you know, as he said, this is loosely based on his life story. So I think he he's so close to the material. It's that and that happens, yeah. And and you know, there's there's just this immense sadness mm-hmm. that comes off of him throughout. And I think it has to do with what you just said about the intelligence, where you you realize this is a fool's errand. From the from the moment the film starts, you know that this film is not going to end with him in this house. Well, no, because he's painting the house that some people are living in. Right, exactly. And the woman's throwing some gar- I'm gonna go, um, throwing groceries um, at him like because a Because he's painting her house. Without her permission. Without her permission. <laughs> Which was his house in the 90s. Right. That, I mean, it... it it, it's another. He climbed up. Let me tell you. Yes. If I look out my window and there's a black man painting my window <laughs> that I have not put any money in his pocket, I am beating him to death with toast. What? I'll be like this. Yo, you doing that for free? That's a like, lot of toast. No, no. I'll be like this. I'll be like, what else you got? What else you can do? That's what he was really trying to do is audition himself to get into the house. Right. To be a caretaker. So it's like, you doing that? And you're doing that for free. Uh, okay, um, let's make a little spot for you. You can do that, that, and that. See, I'm a little different. It, well, you know, it's okay. it's, 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 it's it's funny. We, we're from Philadelphia. And, and it's, I'm from Brooklyn. It, the, the regentrification issues aren't as intense oh. as they are in a, in a city like New York or San Francisco. But we've had our challenges Oh, yeah, yeah. As they talk well. about pricing them out of yeah. the neighborhood. The house was going for $4 million. But what yeah. I thought was fascinating, there was, there's an exchange between the white couple yeah. where the woman says, oh, we're going to call the police. And then the man says, look, we're not calling the police. Right. Yeah. Where you get the sense that they understand their role mm-hmm. in this and they're kind of grappling with it. And and we we know a couple of filmmakers in Philadelphia who've talked who've talked to who've put together documentaries right. about areas that have been regentrified and how difficult it is to get new homeowners mm-hmm. on film because they feel like you look at the cash sheet right. and I'm the bad guy right. and all I did was move into the house. And I don't know if this couple is going to ever do what you said, where it's like, oh, well, maybe we can have an exchange and have you because – it's 2019. Like this isn't like this isn't the white guy in um do the right thing who buys the brownstone and right. tells bugging out and all. I grew up here. Right. Like it's been 30 years mm-hmm. of this conversation, mm-hmm. and and it paid lip service to that that neighborhood was you know was originally uh, Japanese right. Americans, which is a, also an I didn't notice until I watched it again. It's it's. It's there to talk about gentrification, also. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's why we're saying that this is a multi-level yep. um, right um, film because it's like okay, this house got taken from like my grand. He, he I think um, um, Jimmy says, "Oh, my grandfather didn't want to take any of the um, other houses because the Japanese was in internment right. camps, mm-hmm. so he built this house." That's the story that he was being given. Right. It's right. Like what? <laughs> right. But yeah. yeah, all of these neighborhoods have this this story, this memory. But it's an ongoing story, yes. so that I don't know. I like the fact that the white couple weren't 
cardboard cutout villains. Right. Yeah. And again, they were aware of their role in all of this as well. Yeah. But but I I did like that too. I like the how the real estate agent is um, used Mm -hmm. in the uh, well. He uses them, but as a character in this story, Mm -hmm. like it's like what the house, and he knew exactly what the house, where the house was at, and he knew the value because he he goes by it. He knew the value of it. He's like, look, if it wasn't me, it would be somebody else selling that house. Um, That's right. I was like, wow, but then I, I, mean, what's I the felt com- betrayed, what's betrayed the, still. What's the commission on a $4 million house? Correct. Well, if you watch New York, um, um, what's that, million dollar um, house uh-huh. um, listings, you're like, okay, they're going to make 200000 400000 right. Right, like, right, 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 right. Like, like, I like you. I'm fond of you, but, but you, want me to, like, yeah. you want me to leave $200,000 on the table? On the table? I am not yeah, doing that. Yeah, I don't care about I'm getting you. That. I'm getting that right, before so. somebody else gets it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very true. I, I did like the real estate agent. I liked everybody in this movie. Uh, we spoke about Danny Glover. We spoke about uh, Tachina Arnold. Um, I want to play some love to Rob Morgan, who played who yes, played his father. father. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like uh, He, like, the second you meet him putting together his bootleg DVDs. How wonderful was the specificity of that? <laughs> that was, I was like, who? Like, like you know like, this guy, yes, immediately. Yep. Yes. Oh, That's so good. I don't want to see no white on them edges. That's right. <laughs> yes. Full bleed. Full That's bleed right. on them covers. I mean, first of all, first of all, because the movie is set 2019. Yes. Yeah. Nobody buying bootleg DVDs anymore. Well, apparently exactly. somebody is. <laughs> He had another. I was like, "Where are you?" He getting? still got a network, right? I was like, right, "Where are you right. getting, getting the covers printed?" Right. Because if you live in the SRO, where your money coming from? Look. And then I was like, "Is because then I thought slightly the movie was talking about mental illness, mm-hmm. well, not without over like stating it, right? Right, overstating yeah, it, yeah. overstating it because mental illness runs in our families, and we're not really talking about it. Like, how did he lose their house? They said that he um, smoked it up. I said, was that the crack and make that big? Well, like, what stage? What did he smoke up right. <laughs> for him to lose that? And house? was he self medicating? Was he self medicating? Okay, that's fair. Because yes. that's a fair a, reading. Because if he's a vet, their their medicine. Is like at a hundred proof, and we get like like eighty proof or sixty proof. Their medicine that they get is much more stronger than oh. than than ours. I did so not know that. it's 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 like a lot of stuff. It was um, in that movie. Like we didn't talk about um, the water, which is another. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what it really opens up on. Because yes. you at first, I'm like, wait a minute. I, I think I turned on. Sorry no. to bother you. Something is wrong because yeah. this man in this hazmat suit, yes. with, who looks like you've stepped into right. like you know, journey into the to the to Mars, right? Yeah, you know, it's like. Oh. Yeah. Well, even that works on a couple of different levels. On the yes. first level, where do you have us living? Mm-hmm. That you have to come down in this hazmat suit to clean up. That and preacher then, saying that was like, like, like it must be, but, must be really bad that you have the suit on. Do I get a suit? Look, no, you on, don't. You on, get, you get, you get xed out. That's what he's really saying. But on the more important level, and and back to our own experiences, and I'm sure here as well, where where we say all the time in Philly, when you see them setting up a bike share. Mm-hmm. Don't make any long-term plans. Exactly. Like they're cleaning up that water. Yes. 
not for the people that live there. And that's what's in the movie. They yeah. Say, they, so they say it like who's when they do the um, track shot mm-hmm. of um, them building like those houses that they're building or whatever they're building is not for us. Right. It's for some other people that are um, coming to to um, live in those houses. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's why I was like, this film just like hits you on so many levels. The preacher saying saying to to being a preacher and he's a black male preacher saying that we don't basically we don't own anything like yeah. like like um we're not having the houses and it sets up for the rest of the mo- the movie he does not um the character Jimmy does not own that house no right. no that's right the, even though he feels entitled it. to it right yes. yeah yeah he doesn't he doesn't which is the one of the one of the points that Montgomery brings home in really the climactic scene right. the, the play which i do have to say um made me tear up a little bit yeah. Yeah, it was a very very powerful moment yeah. in this in this movie yeah, the, the last half hour or so is just yeah. devastating yeah in its beauty and its sadness and let me let me cuz i know we're but but i had to get this does anyone else think Jimmy committed suicide at the end? Yes, I had thought so, and then because he was because why we think that is because they set up shots for us to think that yeah. he's in the house on his skateboard looking up, and I was, I don't know if we see anything dangling or something, but it's it's like he was trying to commit suicide, and he was like he went to go roll the um, skateboard, but the skateboard doesn't go, mm-hmm. so he's like, oh okay, you can't commit the suicide, and then he breaks. The um, he stomps on the skateboard and breaks it, so he's not not killing himself. Then what is happening? Then he then you see he's at back at um at uh, Monk's uh, house. house, right? Um, with I'm um, sitting on the same spot he was always looking at the TV while Mo is explaining to his blind grandfather, played by Danny Glover, that um you know what's the action on it, and he's looking like. I'm returned to this. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't return to it. And he already says it in the the movie that I can't go I back can't go to back. your to your yeah. house. So then it's like, like, okay, is it the word freedom? Like, because we didn't talk about Harriet. Or is it right. freedom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is is it freedom that he goes? Because you you you're getting this because he goes to look for him. Uh, Mo goes to look for him in different places and remembering his friend. But you get the feeling like he just took off. I mean, he leaves him a note. Yeah. He leaves him a note. I can't say goodbye to my best friend. Right. And then he's on this boat on the water. Yeah. That has been such an image throughout the film. It's. That's why I was like, whoa. Yeah. The film just took you in so many places. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sign of of master filmmaking. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is quite the debut. Yeah, quite the debut. Quite the debut. For everyone yes. involved in the last black man in San Francisco, Clarissa. So um, it goes without saying that this is indeed a black film. Is this a black film that you would recommend for people to watch? Yes, one hundred percent. Recommend for multiple levels. Um, one, um, just to see the two males as best friends is mm-hmm. the just to have that image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful film. How about you, Vince? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is a beautiful film. This is a beautiful film. This is a wonderful addition to this sort of new wave yeah. of black films over yes. the past 10 years mm-hmm. that explore I was thinking the same blackness thing. and urbanism and all of, all of the, you know, masculinity mm-hmm. in a new way. So, yeah, I I absolutely recommend this film. Yeah. It 
it's a, it's a shame that you can't see it on um, the big screens, ladies and gentlemen. But let's face it, we've all got at least sixty inch screens in our houses. That's right. So fire up the last black saying. man in San Francisco and, and get you and one of them big old TVs. <laughs> yeah, get on get on with the last black man in San Francisco. It's a great film. Great film. Actually, would be interested in seeing the play, The Last Black Man. I know, I know, right? I wanted to see the play. Yeah, but that—that's that like this is something that—that's why I was saying it's, um, um, mental illness or psychology or something. We're seeing a film about someone's um, based off of someone's life, and then in the film, the play is about the lives of the people around them. I said, okay, okay, okay. I can't interpret, but I'm seeing something here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a lot of layers to this, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of layers. Clarissa, thank you so much for thank you. Yeah. Oh my God, love this. Yes, <laughs> this was so great. It was. When people check this out and they's like, "Yo, I like that Clarissa Clay. I want to holla at her." How can they reach you? At Blurred City, um, www.blurredcitycon.com is the best way, and then we're on all the social medias. Blurred City, B L E R D City, and Blurred City two thousand, Blurred City Con two thousand twenty. Have we started revving up? Is is yes, the, we starting. It's um going to be July tenth through the twelfth. Oh, so we have the dates. Okay. Yes. yes. All right. All so right. that's where I'm. That's where I'm headed. Okay. Yes. So we should look out for that as well. Please um, look out for it and some other stuff coming along with it too. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Pretty dope. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us on yes. our road to 200. Yes. Uh, as always, we invite everyone to check out the Michelle Mission wherever you find podcasts. That's where you'll find it available. You can go to our website, MichaudeMission.com. Michaud is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. You can always like and follow us on all the social medias at Michaud Mission. Join the Michaud Mission Facebook group where we have a lot of fun talking to all of our missionaries. And uh, don't forget... Our 200th episode is coming February 27th, 2020. 2020. A live broadcast from World Cafe Live in Philadelphia where we will be reviewing Shaft starring Shaft. Richard Roundtree. Yeah. And that will be followed by a 70s soundtrack Soul Train dance party, the likes of which you have never seen, DJed by internationally known Scheme Richard. And we're going to be debuting the Michaud Mission cocktail there as well. It'll be a whole lot of fun. Tickets are on sale on our website. Check it out. Seating is limited, so get them now. They uh, they tell me like they tell me Vince that like it's it's getting pretty scarce. Getting pretty scared, so people gotta get their tickets real quick. Okay, they got tickets for like me and you, don't they? Like, are we gonna be able to get I in? I think we have two chairs set two aside. Two chairs set aside for us? Yes. All right, all right, yes. just so checking. I don't know about Wendy, though. <laughs> just letting you know. So you may want to do what you gotta right, do. Right, right, right. All right, um, until then, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. He's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say, We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu, it's been a pleasure knowing you, I'll see you when it's time to meet again.